0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of high low with Emrata. we're doing another ask me anything it's the last thursday of the month and that's what we do um and we're recording it and it will be on youtube as well so check it out there no question is too big or too small no topic is too random this is your chance ask me anything Subscribe to the YouTube page at Emrata and click the bell to set alerts and you'll be the first to know whenever we post new videos, which we do quite often because we're catching up from the early episodes of the podcast as well. Okay, Ask Me Anything time right after this break. Stay tuned for more Low with Emrata. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Okay, we are going to start with Eric from Spotify. He said, how do you feel about gay men reading your book, My Body? Also, how has the LGBTQ plus community impacted your adolescence, your life in general, love you and your book? So I actually was trying to find texts from one of my good friends who um, I've gotten closer to in the last year, who's a gay man and read the book. And he identified with it so much, particularly he was talking about in gay spaces and queer spaces he's been in kind of feeling the feeling that he has that other people are entitled to his body and that his body isn't necessarily his own um which i thought was really interesting because um i've heard some of my other queer friends talk about that particularly gay men just sort of the like grabbing and the lack of consideration that can come with that and the disassociating that kind of that culture can breed. So it was really interesting to hear him say that. Queer culture has been a huge part of my life since I was really quite young. Um, One of my best friends in elementary school was gay. He didn't come out until we were a little bit older, but it was sort of just like a known thing. Um, I was his beard for formal, winter formal. He had a date with an older guy and I was like the person who took pictures with him and made it so that his family didn't give him a hard time for going to prom with with a boy. Queer culture, this is a huge part of my life. I don't even know how to start. I mean, the way that I express myself, the fluidity of identity. I took a queer studies class in uh, UCLA that really changed the way I think about gender. And, you know, I have a lot of gay and LGBTQ plus friends. So I don't know, I don't even really know where to start, but I really liked hearing from gay men who read my book and it makes me really happy um i also i think that friend in particular was an only child so he really related to a lot of the anecdotes about my parents that was a good question good way good way to kick this off okay this is a lighter one trey jolly from youtube said what's your favorite halloween costume you've done in your life so i really love halloween um i did frida callow one year and had the unibrow and like a really good skirt and earrings and necklace and I got one picture of it only but I was really proud of that. My least favorite costume used to be this Marge Simpson that I did for Heidi Klum's Halloween party. It was the first time I was invited to that party and um, I didn't know what the I was doing um and decided to paint myself yellow and was in a dark room and like had an airbrush set and basically realized that i couldn't airbrush it so just dumped yellow paint that was only meant to be airbrushed onto my entire body and face and you can look up those pictures because if you don't know heidi klum's halloween party everyone goes looking really hot and sexy i think gigi was sandy from greece that year and like looked unbelievable and um I looked so crazy. <laughs> I looked so crazy. I had like a cheap blue wig I'd gotten from I don't know Party City and it had yellow makeup on it. I was super splotchy. This like it was just such a mess. Um and somebody tweeted it at and it was like she was imra was so real for wearing this costume and um now I'm proud of it because I was real for for doing that. Um because I was that committed, but my god In the moment, the next day when I woke up and all my sheets were yellow and I was looking at these red carpet pictures, I was like, what was I thinking? But um, I have respect for my younger self for doing that. Angela F. from Spotify said, for young women in a world of fitting in on social media, what's your best advice for dealing with self-worth and comparison? I'm not great at this. I think I learned about comparing myself to other women way before the internet. I probably started, I I write about it in the book, like when I was three years old, I had the concept of jealousy in um, my vocabulary and down. Um, My mom told me that. And I just think that, you know, there is this sort of scarcity. Uh, mindset that surrounds women and a way of kind of comparing ourselves to to succeed, which is really unfortunate. And then I think obviously social media um, perpetuates and uh, makes that much worse. I think the only thing you can do is sort of, I mean, this is something just in general I feel in my life really helps with mental health stuff. Is like, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want from this very short time you're really gonna be in this body and on this earth. And comparing yourself is never going to lead to happiness. Maybe this is too macro and philosophical, but it is something that really has helped me. Like this is the body and and the, the person that you have been born into. This is the life you've been born into. How can you make the most of what time you're given? And I think comparing yourself is just never, going to be a positive experience. It's going to be a waste of your time, of those precious moments. So that has helped me. I don't know if that will be helpful to you. Journey on Spotify said, can you talk morning routines and self-care? So I've gotten much better at this, which is funny because there was a minute when I first had Sly where I just stopped doing any self-care, partly because I just didn't have time. And I don't know, maybe something about getting a little bit older and, you know, now he has more independence, he's going to school, whatever, I have found ways of doing more self-care. And for me, that's really turned into skincare. Um, So I'm very into now, like, washing my face in the morning, washing my face at night, doing a peel a couple times a week. I wear retinol every night. I put vitamin C on my skin in the morning. I moisturize, like I do the whole thing and and sunscreen in the morning. Um, And I use a lot of products and I was not somebody who was like that before. And I do think it feels really nice. Also, this sounds dumb, but just putting lotion all over my body, not something I used to do, not something I would take the time to do. And, you know, it is obviously a little bit of vanity, like I want to look good, whatever, but just that extra time of kind of doing something for myself is quite nice and like appreciation and taking care of my body and and my skin. Hannah Wright from Spotify said, how do you stay humble as a celebrity? Girl, uh, it's humbling to be a celebrity. People talking shit all the time. You stay humble. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> like, I think that definitely you lose touch with reality and groundedness when your life and y- your existence is being viewed constantly by other people. I think that you kind of get a warped sense of self and identity. Um, the best way to battle that is to surround yourself with people who do not give a shit and have known you for a long time or just feel connected to you in a way that's outside of that persona that the world perceives you as and in and yeah the humble thing though like I don't know I think grounded is the word for me I think staying grounded is important humble is like I feel I feel humbled quite frequently (laughs) I don't know how to say that Okay, Katie from Spotify said, would you ever have a guest on your show that you did not particularly agree with but would love to have a conversation with? So I've definitely had guests on the show that I don't agree with completely. I'm not going to name names, although I think that the episodes, if you've listened to them, they're relatively clear. Some of them I wish that I had kind of maybe challenged those guests a bit more. It's a really tricky thing, the idea of giving someone a platform to spread ideas that you don't agree with. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I watch friends, I consume media where I think like, I wouldn't know who this person was or this line of thinking had this person not given them an opportunity to challenge them basically. But I think it's a really great kind of moral question of when do you give someone a platform? Free speech also comes into that. And I personally do not want to bring people on that I really disagree with um, on a fundamental level and think that their ideas are dangerous. And people that have come on that have said things that I don't agree with, I've done episodes where we followed up if I do think that some of the ideas they brought, brought to the episode were dangerous. Greg from YouTube said, what do you want in a man to have a romantic relationship? Do you think you'll get in a relationship lasting years, decades till death? I don't know about the decades till death thing anymore. I think when I was younger, I had a concept of that's just like kind of what you do. Um, But I feel more interested in joy and happiness in my life. And finding a person who's able to provide that for decades is, I think, a big ask. I don't think the duration of a relationship is how you test whether or not it was successful. I think that people can have a great 5 years, 10 years, 20 years together and then they need to move on with their lives. I would like to, I like partners. I like the idea of a partner. I think it's a really beautiful thing. What would I, what am I looking for? Um, I'm looking for someone who knows who they are, who is honest um, in kind of all regards about um, in life, um, who loves what they do. I don't even necessarily need them to be successful in a certain way, but they need to really be passionate about what they do. And I want to be able to respect them for for the things that they care about. Somebody who's very responsible, who really likes kind of working with someone, because I found now, especially being a mother, that that is part of partnership is you know just working together. It's a lot of work to share a life. I also obviously want somebody who's fun, who values fun and like humor. I don't know, that's a big question. Okay, Melissa from Spotify. This is a personal question, Um, not that they aren't all, but how did you meet your best friend, Babs? Tell us everything, do you guys live together now? So I talk about Babs a decent amount because we do live together right now. I met her when I was 14. She was really cool. Like so much cooler than me. She was at my high school and she had, I think ASB, which was Associated Student Body, and she delivered like happy birthday notes to different people's classes. And she would serve, on Fridays, I remember she would do this, and she'd serve looks on Fridays. And she'd walk around school and she had an older brother. So she was cool with like all the older boys, but she also was cool with all the like cool girls. And she just seemed like this like bright light. And I thought she was so fucking cool um and she'd wear that look on friday and like walk around school delivering these things and come into classes and just seemed like already an adult somehow and then she'd keep on that outfit to go to parties friday night so i would like go home drop off my backpack have dinner with my parents and then maybe go out she was just like she'd be like smoking sorry babs but she'd be like smoking a cigarette in the corner at the house party like in her sick outfit that she was delivering and i just thought she was so cool and then um and was intimidated by her and um her mom also let people come over to their house a lot and it was like two blocks from our high school so i remember coming to her house and being like whoa babs and then her boyfriend in high school was best friends with my boyfriend in high school. And that is actually how we started really spending quality time together. And um she left my school and went to a different school, but we became close probably when we were 16. And the rest is history. I mean, we've now been friends longer like our in our lives. I she's been in my life longer than she hasn't, um, which is really beautiful. And she's just a wonderful person. I can't kind of say anything bad about her she's just an absolutely wonderful person when i talk about secure attachment when i talk about people i admire she has taught me so much about life and about love and about friendship and about what's important and um, talk about somebody who really understands joy she also um, her mom ran a preschool in our hometown and she started working there when she was God, I think like maybe even 13 or something and got really interested and involved with respectful infant education. It's called Rye and um, Emilio Reggio, basically early child development stuff. And so it's really kind of incredible that she lives in my home um, and has lived with me and Sly for the past year because she basically has this incredible understanding of early child development and psychology I mean, people compliment me on Sly all the time. And I think so much of why he's such a wonderful kid is because of the things that Babs has taught me about parenting and about how to love your child and just, you know, create a safe environment for them. And yeah, we've been through a lot. She moved to Australia at one point. Um, I was living in New York at one point when she was still in San Diego. Um, But we've just always stayed very close. And our joke is that, you know, we'll. Live together again when we're old ladies. So I hope that honestly happens. First album you ever bought? Okay, so I'm trying to remember. I think that the first CD, yes, this dates me. I ever bought was a Now CD. They were like the pop hits, and they they kind of like were um basically a mixtape, but it was a CD. I think that I maybe bought one of those. The first band i really really loved i was nine and i was obsessed with the beatles again you have to realize only child my parents were boomers and i just spent a lot of time listening to their music and the beatles were the first band that i kind of took in as my own and um i was obsessed with john lennon i thought that i had been born in the wrong time and that i was supposed to have married him and like felt really sad about that like genuinely upset also decided that the aesthetic that he would like was for me to wear this kind of like long black cape. It had sleeves, but it would like tie in the front. And I'd listen to the White Album and Abbey Road was the other album I really loved in my CD player and wore a little Princess Leia space buns um, and just thought that I was, like I just felt like our souls were kindred and um, I had a deep obsession. I actually wrote George Harrison a letter when I was nine. And yeah, that was, the Beatles were a huge part of my childhood. And even now, I feel like John Lennon was my first real crush in the sense that it wasn't just like, oh, he's cute or whatever. It was like, this person is special and I I love him. It felt like love. It really felt like love. I think that's all we have time for. There's so many other questions that I didn't get to get to. So please continue to submit. I will continue to answer and thank you so much for listening and for watching. We will be back next Tuesday with a interview episode. And if you want to submit questions for a future episode, obviously we get a lot from Spotify, from YouTube, but there are other ways you can do so. You can send your voice notes to Hilo.fm or you can call or text our Hilo hotline at 42 Hilo four. You can ask questions via Spotify. Just put them in the Q and a section of this episode um, you can also use the hashtag HiLo and we'll keep an eye out for those on social media. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next week. <laughs> Highlow with Imrata is a Sony Music Entertainment and Bitch Era media production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Ratajkowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh.